0: This is a special edition of the Law Enforcement Today Show, a remote broadcast from Washington, D.C. We are broadcasting from 400 East Capitol Street on the top floor overlooking the U.S. Capitol Building for the annual federation for american immigration reforms hold their feet to the fire radio row event lots of special guests for you sheriffs from all over the united states angel families we have so many stories to share with you you'll hear background noise which makes this kind of interesting your people in the background your know, traffic as well and and wind and things of that nature but it's a pleasure and honor to be here Welcome to the Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired police sergeant. For the latest news articles and much more, check out our website, letradioshow.com. Coming to you from Washington, D.C., we have a very special edition of the Law Enforcement Today Show. We are at the Federation for American Immigration Reform's annual Hold Their Feet to the Fire Radio Row event. We are on top of a building where Fox, NBC, CNN, C-SPAN, Spectrum News are located. We're overlooking the Capitol building, so you're going to hear some outside traffic noises, other people. Uh, it's pretty cool, actually, and I'm very honored to be one of the radio shows here. And I'm also honored to be joined by Michelle Root. She has the very unenviable term of being an, an angel mom or an angel family, and what that means is she had a loved one in her case, a daughter who was killed by an illegal immigrant back in 2016. Michelle, thanks for being guest on the show. Very much appreciated.
1: Thank you for having
0: me. And I'm really glad you're here to tell your story. People ask me all the time, how do you do this? And I, I tell people, it's a cop of me. we were trained early on. You listen to people, let them tell you what they got to tell you, and you take the facts from that. So I try, even though, and your your story is one of those really tough-as-nails stories. is it's no sugarcoating it. There's no feel-good-in-this. There's no they'll-live-happily-ever-after type thing. It's a heartbreaking story. And I don't say things like, I understand, because I don't. I have two adult daughters. I can't imagine going through this. And as a cop of me, I've been on scene when people took their last breaths, and that'll never leave me. And I've had the unenviable task of letting uh, parents know that their loved ones were killed. Death notifications, that was not fun. And um, what I'm trying to say is, I'm so glad you're telling a story because I couldn't do it. I don't have the courage to do it. You
1: could. You could. Cause I'm glad I, I didn't, don't have to. I didn't think I would. But when it comes to your kids, you know you will move heaven and earth for them. And we do it when they're living. And I won't stop doing it since Sarah's past either because she deserves me to continue to fight for her
0: sarah was what how old 20 she was
1: 21 when she was killed just graduated from bellevue university which is a suburb of omaha nebraska with a 3.0 in criminal investigate 4.0 sorry she just i hear her all the time she's like mom
0: she fought for it was a
1: a 4.0 in criminal investigations i mean that little girl was working her little tail off to get great grades and graduate with honors.
0: Well, I went to college. I went to Old Dominion University in North Virginia. I majored in drinking and had a minor in sociology. I had a four-point <laughs> in my major and a DNF in my minor. I didn't last long. So, I appreciate her efforts. Did, would she, did she want to go into some sort of criminal investigation? In she, law did.
1: she did. She uh, did. She didn't want to be at the scene. She wanted to be behind the scenes doing the work back in a lab or an office. But she never had a desire to be out there. Now, could that have changed later? Yes, but we'll never know.
0: Sadly, her, her life was snuffed out by an illegal immigrant who was driving, drunk, uh, I believe drag racing as well. And, Correct. Uh, I, I really don't want to give a platform for him, his story. I, it really makes me angry, Michelle, when we have serial killers, and they issue a manifesto, and every news outlet in the United States puts their name out there, story, same terrorist, I don't believe in doing that. The people we need to talk about would be your daughter, Sarah, and you, and your family, and what kind of person she was, what kind of loss it was to our community, our large community across the United States, and how this impacted your family. How did you find out about this?
1: that's another tragic story because my ex-husband and i had already divorced and my son who is three years older than sarah said hey mom can i buy the house from you the house the kids grew up in i said of course so instead of us selling it he offered to buy it from my ex-husband and i so him and sarah lived together the cops show up at his place and notify him and then he has that daunting task of calling his dad and i to say sarah had been in an accident we didn't know she was gone until we got up to the hospital
0: and i'm sure if you're like me and i'm very common very i'm not unique my first thing is well hopefully it's not that bad and i'm praying and doing silent prayers and everything else and Don't let it be the bad, the worst case scenario, but there had to be like a shadow of doubt in your mind.
1: There wasn't though. I just thought because our family is such believers in the afterlife and I would have just thought I would have had a sense or something because of our closeness. And I live 30 miles from the kids. And so I'm driving in and I never had any inkling. I thought, okay, maybe she broke her leg or her arm or whatever get to the emergency room and my ex-husband and my son had already been gotten up there and they said the doctor needs to talk to you guys. So again, I'm thinking, oh, they took her into surgery. She broke her arm or her leg. I did not expect that doctor to come in and say she was brain dead and had 0% chance of living. So I called him a liar because you know you're angry. And all I could think of is This was a 35-mile-an-hour zone where she was rear-ended at. And then I was angry at Sarah because I'm like, why weren't you wearing your seatbelt? Because I couldn't fathom brain death, the head injuries, and having a seatbelt on because I knew nothing else at this time. And I'm like, Sarah always wears her seatbelt. Why was she not wearing her seatbelt? Well, then when I got to talk to the investigator, he told me, They had to wait to get the black box from the truck to see how fast he was going, but his blood alcohol was point two four one. I couldn't function at frickin' one.
0: No, probably you know, but I'm not a drinker. I would have a tough time at that level.
1: And he, um, once we got the black box from the truck, because he wasn't the owner of the truck, so they needed permission from the owner of the truck, which was another ordeal to find out and he was driving 70 plus miles an hour in a 35 so when she was stopped at the stoplight which I wish she would have ran that night even though we're law abiding citizens because it would have saved her life because when she was stopped there and he was street
0: racing somebody else and he rear-ended the back of her. Here's the the thing and I'm sure you've heard this it was an accident Mm. I want people to understand this This guy chose to drink. Amen. He knew beforehand. And we've been talking uh, since I was a kid about not driving while drinking. He made a conscious choice to drink. He also made a conscious choice, whether it's a knee breed or not, doesn't matter in my opinion. You're still you're still responsible for your actions to drag race. He made the choice to drive 70 miles, 70 plus miles an hour in a 35 mile an hour zone without care and concern for anyone else. That in my book makes it at the very least manslaughter if not second degree murder. Correct. There's I just agree. no way of sugarcut. It's not an accident.
1: No. No it's all an on accident purpose. You slid on ice. Right. You had a blowout, but not choosing to make the choices you made.
0: I don't think, and I, I, again, I'm glad I don't know from experience, I don't think it would be easier if it was an accident or non-purpose. Right. It would the still end result is still the same. Yes,
1: it is. But I'm going to tell you what, had he shown up for his court-appointed whatever, I would have had a newfound respect for him because I would have felt like he was taking some accountability. But I mean, just everything that transpired for this, he had a warrant out for his arrest for failure to appear, but yet the judge gave him a bond. It was 50,000 in Nebraska. You pay the 10% like most places, but you don't have
0: to secure the other 45. So let me get it straight. He was arrested. On the scene mm-hmm. he was given bail he failed to appear got brought back in was arrested and was released again the failed to appear
1: was prior it was in May of 15 they had a warrant out for his arrest for failure to appear May of 2015 and then when he and he would have fled this scene if he could have got out of his truck, but the impact pushed the truck back and
0: so he has a prior record leg. of fleeing yeah. and not showing up yep. for his court appearances Correct. and yet was given a low bail again. This is more a continuation of the on purposes. This is a law enforcement show, we're talking with Michelle Root. We have so much more to talk about. We're coming from the Hold Their Feet to Fire radio event brought to you by Federation for American Immigration Forum. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Hey, folks, when you have a chance, check out our Facebook page. Do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. When you get there, click, like, and follow. That's click, like, and follow. Law Enforcement Today Radio Show on Facebook. Missed an episode of Law Enforcement today? You don't have to anymore because now you can listen to it on Podopolo, the free new app that makes listening anytime, anywhere so easy. Catch up on shows you've missed and chat with John J. Wiley right there too. Download for free on the Apple or Google Play stores. That's Podopolo. And John J. Wiley wants to hear from you inside Podopolo. Conversation with Michelle Root on the Law Enforcement Day Show. We're coming from the Washington DC. We're outdoors at the Federation of American Immigration Forum's annual Hold Their Feet to the Fire radio row event. And there's really no comfortable way of having a conversation, Michelle, about what happened. Your, your daughter, Sarah, was twenty-one years of age, uh, just graduated college, and she was struck and killed. By a drunk driver who's an illegal alien. He was street racing doing more than seventy miles an hour in a thirty five mile an hour zone. And then he skipped bail. And has he ever been held accountable? Has he ever shown up since? No. So we don't know where he is.
1: Correct. And you know the other thing about it, when he posted bail the that following Friday, it was before Sarah's funeral. He was asked to come back and get an ankle monitor on and do his drug and alcohol testing. And I have to laugh. I know it's not funny, but I just can't fathom or believe in my mind that here's somebody that failed to appear. You had a warrant out for his arrest in 2015, and you expect him to come back? and get an ankle monitor on, why didn't they put one on? And I know you can cut them off. I get that. But I would have felt like they were doing something.
0: Well, something that has a little bit of sense to it, some logic. That doesn't make sense at all. The thing about bail is it's an American right. So what it is, it guarantees you're going to show up in court. If someone is a flight risk which this guy already shown he is because he did a failure to appear before, and he had clearly illegal immigration status, so he wasn't a citizen of the United States, he didn't have any ties to the community. There's no guarantee he'll show up. You issue a low bail, why would anybody be shocked he would leave?
1: I, I My ex-husband really... <laughs> we all had a hard time with that but that's what he said he's like you know my two year old nephew would have known better than to give somebody bond that had a failure to appear and just killed
0: somebody has anybody said I'm sorry to you no a A lot of excuses
1: a lot of excuses because they I think they thought we'd be quiet so we went after the judge tried to get him out of office and um, we went after thank God for Chuck Grassley and Ben Sass, they went after ICE because ICE wouldn't give us any information and wouldn't detain him even though Omaha Police Department tried to get them to retain him and they refused to. So then their way when they were confronted was well we didn't know if she was dead or not and I'm like you knew from day one she was brain dead. There's no coming back from that. Yes she was an organ donor And we kept her on life support until her organs could be taken to give to other people. But she was dead, and they knew that from that Sunday when we did the last brain scan to make sure something
0: hadn't changed. There's really nothing to say that, that, I'll be honest with you, I I have to force myself to relax because my jaws are getting clenched. And I'm an older guy now, so I feel the effects of that. And hearing the story, I'm getting angry, and Sarah was not my daughter. Right? I don't know Sarah, but I, I see the struggle, and I see how it's impacted you. And I find myself getting bitter listening to you tell your story. So the question I have is, how do you get from bitter to better? How do you get beyond that? Because of my son and because of
1: Sarah. Because that night, after they had taken her organs and we got to my son's house and my son could not find his driver's license and he wanted to run to the store which was a few blocks away and I said honey did you find your license and he's like no I said then you can't drive down the street my kids were
0: good good kids
1: right and he turned to me and he said and he's never ever talked like this and he said What does it matter, Mom? The person that killed my sister had no license and was drinking and driving. So me driving down the street, let them pull me over. I said, we're not those people. So that's why I have to keep that composure because I don't want it to make him turn into something he's not. And I know Sarah's still watching over me. Oh, sure. And I have to still be that good role model. It's not easy, believe you me. As soon as I get home and I'm by myself, everything comes out, you yeah, know?
0: I, I, and my wife is sitting to my left and... She sees me when I watch news in particular. And I've gotten to the point where I don't want to watch the news, especially national news, because I want to be yelling at these people. I do. Uh, and, and one of the things I have, I, I pride myself on our show and our format is, is I want people to tell their stories. We are inundated with these news shows that are nothing but opinion. And we have so-called experts giving opinions about stuff. And I look at my wife and go, what are they talking about? Where do these people come from? They have no idea what they're talking about, and I hate to say this, Michelle. Right down the road from us, a capitol building is full of these people.
1: You better believe it. How better believe it. How do we get their attention? It. I don't know. We've been trying. It'll be almost six years, and I, I know a lot. Peop, a lot of people have been fighting a lot longer, and you get nowhere. Nowhere.
0: But you, what are the choices? Stop fighting. Exactly. And, and that's like not Bampo, happening. Not. Yeah, nope. I, I wouldn't do that either. I couldn't do that either. No. Nope. Um, there's a quote, and I, I hope I'm attributing to the right person. It's the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. And, and I'm not a Dallas Cowboys fan by any Me stretch Me either, but I'm a Dak Prescott fan. And <laughs> the head coach, Mike McCarthy, he used to be the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. Right. And he got fired. <laughs> and he became the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. And he was quoted as saying, I had to learn how to not be better so I could get better. And that's where I'm kind of amazed listening to you tell this story because it would be so easy to fall into a trap of bitterness and anger. Now, I'm not saying it's not there. But, but it, to just wallow in it and, it's and the truth. have this become your alibi where it's like I'm going to just I'm going to attack everybody.
1: Well, and even besides the bitterness, people ask me, are you doing alcohol or drugs? And I'm like, what's that going to solve? That's not going to help me through this. It may take the pain away for a little bit, but that's not showing my son good things and that's not doing anything for my daughter.
0: And it's not doing anything good for you. No. So No. I mean you've been through the, the I had a good friend whose husband was, I worked with in the police department, he's killed a line of duty and, and I confessed to her in a prior episode that you know, I'm afraid of saying the wrong thing, and she said to me very clearly, "You, the, the worst has already happened. You, right. So don't ignore me. Yeah. Call me, and let's talk about football. Let's talk about fishing. Let's talk about whatever it is. And if I'm not interested, I'll tell you. Right. But don't ignore me. Exactly. So I struggle sometimes to, to find the right things to say to you. But your approach of of not giving into this is admirable. Thank you. The one thing that I think people really need to comprehend. And I'm not saying to diminish your loss by any stretch, but I'm a retired Baltimore police, and we'll use estimates of 250 people a year being murdered. In the last 40-some-odd years, if you do that, we're talking about 12,000 people being murdered. And two to three times that many that have been maimed and walk around. And a lot of this is being fueled by drug gangs, most of it. And most of the drugs that we're talking about and the violence is coming from the, the southern border. Yep. The cartels, in particular, fentanyl, methamphetamine, all that stuff. And I sometimes fear that this immigration wave that we see these caravans are big distractions so we can get more it people is, in. It is, it
1: is. And that's... We, we have known that because they'll have them all come here and then you got a ton of them over here where it's not secure and nobody's looking, that come in, and those are the bad ones. Right. They've used these ones that really need to come over or should be able to come over the right way, but you've distracted from over here. I had talked with, I don't remember if he was a congressman or a senator one time, and he said he was on the river in between Texas and Mexico. And they'd have, like, a group of ten crossing, and so their focus was on here. Well, then you would see a group of five crossing down here. Well, you can't get to them both because they don't have that many in that area or something, he said at the time. And I'm like, that is something to really think about because they do put distractions out there and take you away from the real bad ones right
0: and they portray this image of people coming here for a better way of life and i get it and i look i love being american i don't fault them at all for wanting to come here right what i have a problem with is politicians in particular who don't do their job and then lie about it Mm -hmm. and and i hate to say this you're not the only family this happens to. Unfortunately, no. There are angel families all over the United yes. States. And they're being more added to the list every day. I've had other guests talk about, on average, it's 25 people a day killed yes. by illegal yes. immigrants in the United States. Yes. And
1: that's again, and up. you're only looking at the death part of it. Right, there are the other are things main. that have happened, you know, and that's even just as big
0: I know you're actively involved in trying to carry this message out there. If people want to get a hold of you, get more information, where do they go? Can they find you online?
1: They can. Um, or, you know, there are some good resources out there. There's like, um, AVIAC is a group, and you may have talked to a couple of them. They're a really good group as well to get a hold of if you find yourself in a situation like that. I personally, I am online, but I don't go on Lot because of a lot of the hate, I, I get.
0: appreciate you so much coming on telling your story and for all you do. Thanks so much for being a guest on the show. Very much Thank you it. so much. I'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the Law Enforcement Today radio show. The Law Enforcement Today radio show is a nationally syndicated radio show broadcast on numerous stations once a week and growing. If you enjoyed the podcast version of the show, please do me a big favor. Tell a friend. I'll be back in just a couple days with a brand new episode of the Law Enforcement Today radio show and podcast. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya.